this is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And uh, we're going to do something different today, okay? Um, Wait a minute, we are? Yeah, we're going to remind people, hey listen, okay, if you like our content, please remember to like this video, share it on social media, and comment down below. Also, subscribe to the podcast. We would love to have you here every day of the week, every week. Yes, we will. <laughs> Anyways, so today is Synopsis Sunday. What do we do on Synopsis Sunday, Will? Basically, we do a quick look back on what we did the previous week, and we go over the videos that we did, the topics, um, how many views we had, uh, and we also look at the, our top comments for that week. And then we do a little bit of what's coming uh, the, the uh, you know, next week, the upcoming week. Exactly. So, on last Synopsis Sunday... No, we're not going to cover Synopsis <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> but we, we will say that we got uh, about almost 30 views on that. And I believe, yep, two comments, and one of them was Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to have you guys see behind the curtain here. Oh, oh yeah, no. that's fine. That's fine. You can see comments. Oh, that that's even better. I didn't mm-hmm. know you could pull up comments like that. Cool. Okay, so none of the comments were uh, <laughs> anybody except us. Yeah, all 30 views were, were us, so <laughs> okay. I look forward to watching this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hold on a second. I made a mistake, Will. What am I, I missing? All the time. What am I missing? Oh, no. You didn't have your hat on. I just thought you weren't rocking the beanie today. Maybe Tim, one day you'll have a PS4 uh, hat. Got to gotta Tim, pool, Tim Pool it up here, Will. Got to Tim <laughs> Pool it up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, on, uh, I said, What did uh, we cover last week, Chris? I said, uh, a lot, a lot. I said, uh, a lot, all last week. <laughs> no, our, uh, our guest last week was Billy Vision Awesome. And he is an awesome dude y'all should check out. Yes. Check his channel out. His channel deserves a lot more views than it currently has. Um, mm-hmm. As far as that goes, though, so on Monday, what did we cover? We covered the GameCube turning 18 years old and the Wii U turning 17 years old. Yeah, I mostly cover the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> the The GameCube is a great system. The Wii U is a great system. Both of them yes. under, undersold heavily. Um, and Will managed to snag a GameCube before it turned the uh, the age where you can no longer adopt things. <laughs> I got it underage. <laughs> On Tuesday... Oh, let's talk about our top comment for that video real quick. Let's okay. see, we've got five comments. I like this top comment. This one makes me happy. <laughs> Zero reply. So we... Wait, likely spam... Oh, every time, I swear, every time Vroom comments on our videos, it always says, oh, it's likely spam. Like, Yeah, because yeah, he compliments us, so it's clearly not real. Yeah, so so he has like multiple comments every video. And it says it, it's likely spam again. Why does it keep saying it's... <sighs> Anyways, Vroom, you're not spam. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Your comments are always very insightful, and we appreciate mm-hmm. them. Why is it still... Here, I'm going to approve you first, then I'll approve him. Maybe that'll fix it. Anyways, so there we go. That got rid of it. Boom. Okay. Four minutes of us just fooling around with YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we like your comments, Vroom. They're really awesome. Um, but yes. the one that really stood out to me was this one 
very long, so I'll read part of it. Awesome video, guys. One of the people that bought the Wii U two years before Breath of the Wild came out. And honestly, that was the only reason I bought it. Modified it a bit for emulators, as I do to all my consoles. But anyway, I didn't like a lot of Wii games out for the Wii U. thought the original Wii had better titles, but still better titles than the Vita. <laughs> which <laughs> were sold back immediately. <laughs> yep. That hurt you a little bit. <laughs> well, my heart was crushed that I had to wait so long for Breath of the Wild to come out, and it was the last released Wii U game. As soon as I beat Breath of the Wild, which to me was the best single-player game ever made, well, it's a good game, I do appreciate it, I right away sold my Wii U and purchased the Switch. <laughs> I must Man. be the only guy on Earth that didn't like The Witcher, LOL, but might try it now that I can't take it anywhere. That's mm-hmm. fair. Um, I'm more likely to play a game portably than on a console, so I agree with yeah, that. I will say you are the only person who didn't like The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, appreciate the comments, Vroom. So yeah. That's out. also why I got a Wii U, is for Breath of the Wild. Uh, the moment, the first trailer I saw for that uh, game, you know, blew me away, and then, you know, the game itself didn't let me down, so. It's a good game. I don't really mm-hmm. is. Not as good as Wind Waker. Um, <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, not that this is going to turn into a Zelda discussion, but Breath of the Wild is very different from the other Zelda games. Now oh, yeah. that I've experienced the other ones as well, very different. You're talking about a linear game versus an open world game, so... Yes, yes, totally different. Yes. Um, right. so Tuber Tuesday. Tuber Tuesday. Tuber Tuesday was a very exciting time for us on this podcast. Okay? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, I definitely fanboyed out a little bit. <laughs> so, Tuber Tuesday, we covered... A YouTuber, um, Adam Korlick, been on the platform a long time, has over 100,000 subscribers. Well, our top comment, also our pinned comment for the week, all right, mm-hmm. when we when he made this comment, we had 65 subscribers, and then he put 66 asterisk, as in he's correcting us. We now have 66 subscribers. I'm assuming that means he subscribed to the podcast, so if you nah, did, Adam, he was just recording it and someone else joined. <laughs> if, if you did, Adam, I would love it if you commented on this video. That would be so yes. cool. But, uh, yeah, that's that, that's our comment of the week. Yep. We're down. happy to have you. Hopefully our content <laughs> stays up to standard. Yes, agreed. <laughs> um, on, on Wednesday, uh, we covered the launch of the Wii U, or rather the failure at launch of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy had some interesting takes on that. Um, definitely go check out that video if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. We got seven comments. Probably the top comment for that video was Carl Lucas's, I think. Yeah. He said, to be honest, even after someone told me it was a new console, I still thought the Wii U was a controller. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the top comment for this video. <laughs> and then... Uh, it basically point, sums up the entire video. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, then on Thursday, our friend Billy Viznason got married to his wife, Lindsay. Congratulations. Congratulations to Billy. Mm-hmm. Not so much to Lindsay. <laughs> and Lindsay. <laughs> I hope that the contract is written such that she doesn't have to call herself as awesome as well. <laughs> but uh, no, congrats to Billy and Lindsay. And uh, obviously top comment is the congrats comment, which is the only comment we got on that <laughs> Yep. But we did get a lot of good uh, remarks when I posted that to the Wii U subreddit. Um, and actually, because I had posted like five straight videos on the Wii U subreddit, they actually blocked my last <laughs> post. Stop spamming. 
<laughs> I can't explain that one because none of the all the other ones made it through except that one. Hmm. Or no, it was this one, Phantom Fridays. This one was fine, um, and it got like seventy five likes or something or upvotes. I was like, whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and then on Phantom Fridays, we all recommended two Wii U games. So if you're looking yes. for some good games to pick up for your Wii U that you're going to pick up this Only Friday. Only listen to my, my suggestions. For Black Friday? Well, if all you want is Zelda, then sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the top comment for this one goes to Vic Blanco Prods, who's been qu- kind of quiet lately. I haven't seen a new video from him in a little while, but he said, Podcast still going strong. You guys deserve so much more recognition, but I'm sure it's coming soon. Yeah, no wonder that's the uh, top comment. I agree with that wholeheartedly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's also the only comment that wasn't ours. Hey, hey, no one needs to know that part. This this is just the top comment, okay? So, how did we do on views last week? Well, we got um, here. I'm going to do it on the calculator since the the views have changed since I last calculated it. We got uh, 36 plus. 56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-56-
And then for Phantom Fridays, we're going to kind of stick to a semi-not-really theme and just recommend LucasArts games. And then I'm going to talk about a book that I've recently started reading. So, all right. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. As always, please remember to like, comment on, and share this video. We really appreciate your support. And subscribe to the channel if you really like our content. So, thanks. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And we will see you on the next Krill Cast. This is The Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm Will. And we're trying something new this week, guys. Please remember to like this video, comment on this video, and share this video on social media. And if you like the content we put out, please subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Now on to, what's today, Will? It is Manic Mondays. (laughs) Oh, man, that eye thing. You got your eyes Mm -hmm. way up to the camera. That was... Yeah. (laughs) So today, we're going to be covering almost Half-Life 3. No, no, (laughs) I'm just kidding, yeah. Uh, We're covering Half-Life Alex. Mm -hmm. When's that coming out? Well, it's coming out in March of 2020. Yeah, it is. It's really close. Yeah, it's kind of a surprise announcement that it's such a short time window between the first trailer and actually dropping. You know, I think I have an idea of why they're doing this. Um, well, there's a thing called the Epic Game Store, and Valve has been stagnant on their game development pretty much for the last, I don't know, 12 years. Yes. Um, and they can't count to three, so here we go. <laughs> Apparently not, even though, that's, even though that's what everyone wants. Yeah. Just make it. I mean, if they made... I mean, maybe they're just worried they won't live up to the expectations they've it doesn't. Uh, it'll sell well. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but so instead, they're testing the waters with Half Life Alex. Can they still make good games? That's the question. Mm-hmm. And I believe um, I read an article today that said Half Life Alex is testing the waters for Half Life 3. Yeah. Well, we will see. <laughs> From what. So what, was Half Life 1 and 2, but you know. <laughs> well, no, because they've, they've been so stagnant in their development for how long now? And. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have something in the Half-Life uh, yeah. franchise. I'm actually curious if this will sell well or if Half-Life 3 actually would sell well because, I mean, we're in a generation now that doesn't even really know what this game is. That's exactly why they're doing this first before they release Half-Life 3. That's my opinion. I want to be able to move that. Oh, hey, crab. I'm going to be uh, honest yeah. with you. I've never actually played any of the Half-Life games, so the hype for me is all driven on the fandom being out there and absolutely loving this game and this series, um, enough that I've been interested in it. Kind of like how Shenmue, I've, I've really never played the Shenmue series, but the number of people that have covered it and the amount of hype leading mm-hmm. to Shenmue 3 
has made me consider picking it up? Uh, I played the, the Half-Life 1 and 2, but I played it way after the fact, so... <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed the games, but it was never something that I was like, super, super excited about because I had played better games at, by that point. Yeah. Um, so the... No, the revolution that they actually brought was wasted on me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, if I remember correctly, uh, Half-Life Engine was inspiration for uh, the like not not entirely, but inspiration for Halo. The way they ran that one, if I remember correctly, because I'd before be sure. I don't remember the timeline on that. Well, before uh, Half-Life was before Halo, the original. Like, uh, let's see. Um, Nothing was before Halo, Chris. <laughs> Halo was the beginning of everything, <laughs> and then everything else came after. <laughs> I mean, they did they did a shooter on PC differently than everybody else did. You know what I mean? It was kind of mm-hmm. kind of a different different type of game. Let's see. So yeah, like see the way that this kind of looks. Yeah, it I does. Rem- I remember yeah. somebody saying that this was kind of an inspiration for the original Halo games, the original Halo sure. game. Yeah. I don't know how much of that is true. I don't know the developer's heads, you know, headset, the head mindset, not headset. <laughs> the headset, Will, what you're wearing right now. No. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know the mindset, obviously, but I read some rumors, various things that said this was an inspiration for the original Halo game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was. I mean, the Halo game didn't start off first person, but by the time I got to that point, I can see it drawing inspiration from really any of those you know, first-person shooters around that time, so things like GoldenEye, Half-Life, Doom, even. I mean, it was revolutionary. Um, mm-hmm. The whole, the game system, the, the, um, sorry, the game engine that they put out for this game had never been really seen at this scale before. The amount of story-driven content in this game had never really been seen before in this genre. Mm-hmm. It, it was one of the most impactful games at the turn of the century. I remember playing games like this when I was a kid on PC. Check's <laughs> Quest. This is like bringing no. back memories. Check's <laughs> Quest. Yes. I, I did play that, actually, when I was a kid. I, it was really cool watching uh, AVGN do that video. But Yeah, so Half-Life 3. The Half-Life <laughs> 2, yes. right? It came out like 12 years ago now. and yeah, it's been there's like a, a very big amount of drama for fans behind the scenes on this, because Half Life Two is supposed to be like a uh, Half Life Two plus like three parts. If I remember correctly, Half Life Two only ever got Half Life Two, two point one and two point two, and they were supposed to get a two point three to finish Half Life Two. They so, should have realized that that was going to happen because they can't count three. <laughs> Left for Dead Two. Half yeah, Life I know. Two. Portal. Too. It's like again, so many Portal games. Bridge Builder too. No. And yes. did you see that? No, I didn't. <laughs> you haven't seen the Portal Bridge game? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! It's seriously, it's it's a thing. This is actually a thing. Portal Bridge Constructor. Portal Three will no. <laughs> they literally combine those Bridge Constructor games with mm-hmm. Portal. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's apparently it's sold half a million copies. That's insane. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, uh, Valve, appreciate the fact that you're coming back to a series that a lot of your fans appreciate. Uh, but I hope it's not too little too late. And I hope VR doesn't cause you guys to really just have to reconsider this. Because I think VR might be the wrong way to do this. 
I don't think a lot of your hardcore fans were looking for a VR game. Yeah, it's true. Some interesting th- things about this, though. So it's $60, which is high for a VR game. Yep. Unless you have uh, Valve's own headset. Then it's free. Then it's free. And so are all of the um, follow-ups to this game. Yeah. It's supposed, like a, to be, like, supposed to be like 15 hours long, too, which is very long for a VR game. It's actually like, supposedly there's three of these Half-Life games. Probably yeah, right. Two. No. Supposedly I'll, they've got three. I highly doubt it's going to be three. they got three VR games, they said. They claim they have three in the works. Uh, and I think, let me just double check. That way I don't get called out later on. Half-Life mm-hmm. VR, uh, three games planned. Let's see. Where did I... Re- it might have been Verge. Anyways, I read somewhere there's supposed to be three of these. Uh, let's see. And all of them will be free on the uh, Steam VR. Mm. So. Cool. Yeah. I think there was another... Th- oh. Do you want to talk about the second topic? Yes. I, I guess to, just to close this out, I appreciate the fact that Valve is returning to the Half-Life franchise. What I don't appreciate is the push for VR. I don't think VR is really a mainstream consumer product, and you're going to alienate long-term fans by going that route. Yeah, well, it's clearly a spin-off game. I mean, I know it's supposed to be like a almost prequel because it's set between the first two games, mm-hmm. but it's clearly not meant to be a, an actual sequel, so I'm okay it's like Batman VR or something. So it's fine. It's a novelty. I just want them to actually bring out a real Half-Life 3, finally. <laughs> I can um, agree with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I ever get VR, I'll, I'll probably pick it up. It looks cool. I it just does look I don't cool. have VR, and it's not something that I'm super passionate about. So. so it's another week, another Manic Monday. What's crashing and burning, Will? <laughs> wow, something I'm very happy about crashing and burning. <laughs> Uh, Google Stadia. So it has launched with numerous issues. Um, probably more issues than positives at this point. Uh, do you want to go through a couple of them? One of them, it's overheating. The Two, Chromecast. It's overheating the Chromecast. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not overheating everything. No. It's overheating just the, you know, the Chromecast. It's the device that it's running on. The um, device, well, it's meant to run in the Chrome browser, too, so that would not necessarily crash your computer. Yeah. Is it even up and running though yet? Is it? I don't. I think it's just the Chromecast for now. But okay. Um, a lot of the features that was promised aren't working. The controller is not Bluetooth, even though other controllers are. So the controller made for the system is not Bluetooth, which is kind of funny. That is funny. Um, and then, oh, I, not Bluetooth for if you're playing on your phone. I think it, it is Bluetooth when you're playing on TV. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what else? Oh, it's not true 4K in a lot of instances. It's a lot of bugginess, a lot of lag, and just all in all, the general feeling from most people that I've listened to and a lot of the reviews that I've seen is that they feel they're beta testing this, and that Google has rushed this product out of the door, specifically to try to compete with uh, PlayStation Now, and also PlayStation seems to be having something come out next year, and then also you know the X Cloud, which even in its beta testing right now is leaps and bounds better. In the Google Stadia, well, not so I think they're just trying to get that market. Not to mention that, like the X Cloud thing, where you can literally just link your phone to your own Xbox yeah, and just play and anything games. you have already. 
Yeah. And I think people are really understanding the pricing model now. I don't think they were getting it at first, where you had to pay the 130 bucks or whatever for the little Chromecast browser thingy. Then uh, you have to pay the monthly fee. Mm-hmm. Then you have to pay full price for a game. Like there, There's not like discounted game or anything like that, or you can't put in a used game or a game you already own. Um, and then you're not, you don't really own the game at that point. So if you stop paying for the service, I don't think you get to keep the game. So what, what's the convenience factor with Stadia? Here's the only thing that I can tell you, all right? There is no lengthy download period at all. Mm-hmm. That is the sell for Google Stadia, okay? You can play the games instantly, wherever you want, whenever you want, if it works. Yep. So if it's not working, you've lost all of the convenience factor. Yes. But, Chris... They have gender-neutral controllers, so we have to make sure we talk about that and how great that is for the industry. I just don't understand how that's a thing. Like, I, I did. Oh, I, I know. What, I brought this up to my wife. I was like, "Okay, is there something here that I'm missing?" And she said, "She picked up my Xbox controller. It's like, is this not? Does this not fit in my hands? Like, can I can I not play the game with this controller?" And I was like. I, I'm assuming that you can because you do. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess the, the the idea is the color, but I mean, like I, I I have custom colored controllers, so I don't know. It's 2019. Every color is for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I guess everybody. the the black white is out, and that weird green color is gender neutral somehow. I feel like that's not gender neutral, but that's just my opinion. They pulled it. Well, no. <laughs> anyway, but again, the launch has been a disaster for them. A lot of people got it late as well, even when they pre-ordered it. Um, so I don't know. I think they staggered it because they realized that the servers were going to drop if they all got on at once. Um, and it just doesn't seem good. They really muffed this. I, they, I think they had an opportunity to make a huge impact, even though I wasn't excited about it. And I think they, they screwed it up on their own accord. And just to reiterate on the the controller colors, okay, I have the same I have the same opinion that Ford did in the early 1900s. You can have yeah, whatever color. color you want as long as it's black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but all no, of, of no we live in 2019. I can get I can get any controller color I want for the same price. So this I don't understand true. how just changing the co- controller color makes it gender neutral. It doesn't make any sense. The whole it, it's completely the same. Why can't everybody <laughs> just have whatever color they want? I know, I know. <laughs> I want. I specifically just want an all blacked out controller. Okay, if you're gonna sell me on Stadia, I better be able to buy an all blacked out controller. That's what I, all my all of my products are black. Yes, yeah, I mean you can still get that. You know, but my my, my cellular phone, my my mouse, everything yeah. has. It has to match, you know. It's, it's the way I am. So if you're not going to sell me a black controller, not going to buy it. <laughs> yep. Well, Chris, you know, is apparently uh, <laughs> Google Stadia is not for Chris. Apparently, no, okay. Yeah, we've gotten that out of the way. But again, just going on that, they had such a an opportunity to really revolutionize the industry. Even though I wasn't happy about it, and happy about the way they're trying to push it forward. They could have done it. Oh, yeah. They no, they could have. screwed it up. They, they, yeah, they just missed the mark entirely. Yeah. 
uh, for the last last bit of this podcast. We're only going to talk about this for a minute because I haven't gotten to play it yet. Okay. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is apparently selling okay, but mm-hmm. all of the reviews are stellar from everybody yes. I trust. It's a good single-player Star Wars game that's worth picking up is what everybody has said about this game. So I might go out and do that. Mm-hmm. Like every other Respawn game, I'm really happy that they haven't been crushed by EA yet. Well, you really have to put your money you put your money where your mouth is on this game because we've been asking for this. EA put it out. It needs to be supported. Yes. That so. and uh, Need for Speed Heat because neither one of those games have microtransactions. And currently, I want EA. Currently. Currently, but I mean, if you buy it now and they put it in later, then you know you screwed either way. This is true. So that's all I've got to say about that. I, if I go and pick that up and play it, I will let you guys know what I think. Same here. So um, I hope you guys like this video. If you do, please like it. Please comment on it. Please share it on social media and subscribe to our podcast. As always, yes. I am Chris. And I'm Will. And this has been Manic Mondays presented by who? The Curlcast. We'll see you on the next Curlcast. <laughs> I'm messing you up, Will. <laughs> Later. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I forgot to put the correct background on this internet browser, the window we have open, so let me While he's that. doing that, I'm going to go ahead and do something new. Please like uh, videos that you like, subscribe, share on social media, and leave a comment below, uh, even if you dislike it. Please uh, interact with us. Please subscribe to this podcast. It helps to uh, make our make us feel like we're actually doing something people care about. Yes. <laughs> so today is Tuber Tuesday. I'm going to say it differently every week until I get my flow down, like Will does with Manic Mondays and Wild Card <laughs> Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about a relatively big channel uh, that's been around a very long time, over 13 years now, and that's Metal Jesus Rocks. And he's verified. Look at that. Wow. Good for you, Metal Jesus. Um, <laughs> I've enjoyed his content on and off over the years. Um, a, lot, a lot of times I really like his retro content and when he yeah. features some very interesting guests on the show. We're going to run through a little quick synopsis of his channel. Um, he's got 722,000 subscribers, so at least you know 7 million times the subscriber count we have. <laughs> so, or so is it's not 7 million. Um, <laughs> we have negative <laughs> subscribers, but it's all good. So probably 7,000%. I don't know. So I'm not going to do math right now. Probably 70,000%. 70, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, his channel was created on April 15, 2006. He has over 150 million views on his videos. That's a pretty major accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, his channel description slash about tab. I'm going to pull it up now. We'll just read it directly from there and see what it says. It says, The Metal Jesus is a long-haired rocker dude who runs a popular YouTube channel dedicated to retro gaming with a heavy metal soundtrack. And his his intro song is pretty cool. 
mm-hmm. um, with the help of the Seattle gaming community. He covers hidden gems, buying guides, as well as the popular. I don't know if he really does this one anymore, but it's called the I Hate You series. I haven't, I haven't seen one of those in a very long time. Yep. Uh, Gamer Eats and much more. He was also an employee at the mega publisher Sierra Online in the 90s. Which, if you watch his video on that, it's really interesting to hear him mm. him and his uh, former co-worker and longtime friend of the show discuss that. Um, he brings a love of the big box PC gaming to his channel as well. New videos every Tuesday and Friday, and I believe that's still his schedule to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a Patreon, a Twitter, a Facebook site, a uh, actual website, and a Reddit. Uh, oh, I might actually subscribe to the subreddit. I didn't know that was a thing. And he's got his own, uh, he's got his own t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Good for you, Metal Jesus. <laughs> uh, he's got this uh, iconic skull with the yes. uh, red tint to it on his uh, on his channel here. But I think the first video I watched from Metal Jesus, one of his top tens, where he does the hidden gems and this and that. I was actually curious to see if he would put. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance in the uh, top 10 because I, I always enjoy seeing that Fire Emblem get some love on the GameCube. So I think it was the GameCube video was the first one I watched. Uh, it's been quite a few years. At least six years ago is when I watched it most likely because I watched it around the time it came out. It was actually in my recommended feed at the time when YouTube still worked. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I really like his Hidden Gems videos. I always find some stuff I've never heard of. Uh, and they're interesting to hear his take on it because he's got mm-hmm. a very wide range of uh, experience with different systems, uh, gameplay, different different game genres in general. He's mm-hmm. played it all. He's had guests that have done it all, and, and he's got his own crew that he brings on, the Metal Jesus, mm-hmm. Metal Jesus crew that he brings on to discuss various um, questions, various subjects, and I appreciate all the different takes he gets on his channel. Um, now that I've taken all of your thunder away, Will, what do you have to say about Metal Jesus? <laughs> all right, so I also really like his content. So I've seen quite a few of his videos, I think pretty much all of them at this point. So I really like his Hidden Gems videos, even on systems that I don't have. I just like listening to him talk about the games he's passionate about and seeing some gameplay of games I never would have you know known about otherwise. Um, his his top, you know, not top games for system videos. I like his buying guides. Because generally, if he doesn't know everything about the system, he'll bring on a guest and they always have like the crazy things like, you know, custom consoles from Japan or, you know, versions of games I've never heard of before and it's pretty cool. Um, and then I also like his, uh, you know, $5 buying, like buying a bad game uh, <laughs> yeah. videos. I think those are always interesting. And I like his game room tours. I like, like He also just has informative videos because like one, he talks about how he protects his game staff stash. Oh my gosh, his game collection, and uh, he talks about how he keeps like the dust from getting on it. That's really helpful, like if someone's actually trying to start a game collection. And uh, he's also very candid. So like one time, he, like he had a flood in his house, mm-hmm. so he actually went through and showed like all of that and what was going on with that and how insurance was paying for some things and other things, and that was cool. So, and again, a lot of his guests are also really great. So from him, and you know, I started watching beat 'em ups. I also started watching like Radical Red, uh, Reggie and some of the other guests that he has on. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy his content. I think they're very consistent his format. So he usually has like a little intro where he's talking like this, and then he goes to like actually showing gameplay or his reactions to something um, or, or something along those lines. And I enjoyed it a lot. He's almost got like a gaming vlog flow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he does like his intro to the video, then he shows like driving through town, does his pickups at the game store. It is almost mm-hmm. like a like a straight up TV show like vlog channel. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's really unique. At least it's it was unique when he started doing this because I didn't see a lot of other people doing what he does mm-hmm. until after he started doing it. <laughs> but after he started also, doing like, this, you know, just to cut back him because you already talked too much. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. You're right. <laughs> I like. It. I also really like when he does like the Patreon questions and he gets like all of his crew to answer the question and they're always in really weird spots. So like sometimes like in the woods or like on a tree or dressed up or like jumping out of a shower or something to answer the question. Or it's John Riggs is getting a massage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, they always crack me up. That was that was probably the funniest one. I, other than I think um, what is it, uh, Drunken Master Paul? Is that is that correct name? He was like hiding in a bush. Yeah, I like, came up real quick like he was in Vietnam or something. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's usually so out of place. Cause, like what? Like what are we talking about here? But Can you imagine cool. being like a, a bystander just seeing that? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. just guy doing a bush. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've discovered a lot of other good YouTubers from uh, Metal Jesus, which I really appreciate. Like I used to watch for a long time. I was watching uh, Hard for Games. They did the '64 DD, yeah. and I was watching them for a while because they would resurrect old VHS tapes. Like the '90s, you know, Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. uh, Play It Loud campaign, stuff like that. They'd like find these videos with like cheat code things. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, they're just they're cool too. Um, but he did that with them, the 64 DD system, and mm-hmm. then he brought beat 'em ups on. I watched him for a while. Uh, then there's like uh, Kinsey, uh, Kelsey. Um, that was how I found out about Pink Gorilla, which you can go online and buy yeah. games from them. And they they actually, she just got married to her co-owner. By the way, I don't know if you knew that. Um, yeah, I don't know about much about the personal life, Chris. That's pretty. I cool. don't either. It was in the uh, <laughs> P, whatever thing they were at, PRGE something like one of the one of the ones they were at. Mm-hmm. They announced it or something, but I think they just got married. And cool. uh, yeah, congratulations! Another marriage on this show has been announced. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You heard it first here, guys. No, um, but no, it was pretty. It's pretty cool to see. But they had a uh, on Twitch. They did like essentially QVC video game thing where they're like, "This game is coming up next on our on our special. Call now." It's a, it's a <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> and they they really uh, they even said in the beginning, like, "We have no idea what we're doing." <laughs> Yeah, so I appreciate how candid they are because he's even done a video where, you know, he talked about, like, filming the videos and how nervous he is and how he actually puts up, like, a little script in the background and, like, sometimes his guests are super freaked out and he talks about, like, getting them over that. I don't know. I really enjoy that. He has a really calm voice in his videos. Yeah, he he really does. Um, oh, here it is. This is the what I was just talking about. Like, they did, like, like a legit... QVC. <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious. <laughs> and they were just like, here, here's the first game we're going to sell, and it's, here's the low, low price we're going to use. And they're like, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did laugh. I watched probably about 10 minutes of it because it's like, okay, this already <laughs> happened. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to watch the whole thing. But it was quite hilarious, the little bit that I watched. Um, but yeah, so there's that. And then uh, let's see. The other thing that I really like he, that he does, let's see, Metal Jesus Rocks. Um, 
not the top tens. Oh, his tech when he reviews like new tech for old video game systems. Like mm-hmm. I think yes. he did one on outputting HDMI. Was it M cable? I think he did that one. Oh, that this he one the console. He's done multiple HDMI like output ones for the old systems. Like if he finds a new version of that, he keeps re-uploading video. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got like this, the consoleizer, which really is. I think once we get the um, new, uh, what's that pocket from Analog? Analog Pocket. Once that comes out, I think this will be like entirely, maybe not, but probably not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless Analog charges a ridiculous price for the. Accessories like the dock to the TV and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then, then maybe we'll be different, talking a different story. And we'll be buying this, but overall, I appreciate that he covered it because I would have had no idea this existed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You're like just giving me that thousand yard stare. Will. All right, man. Oh, I was watching the video. I'm getting being mesmerized by it spinning. <laughs> His, so, just to kind of summarize what we talked about, uh, Metal Jesus reacts. Uh, literally rocks. <laughs> um, his content is high quality. Mm-hmm. He never ever appears to be shilling for the companies that he's reviewing for. He's very candid, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate that about him. Um, and if he doesn't like a product, he's not afraid to tell you he doesn't like a product. Yep. So, if I also watch... appreciate his intros are always different. So if you ever see the little intros, the same music and say the start, like the start is the same where he puts the cartridge into the machine. Yeah, but. Um, the rest of the stock footage is different. Well, he always he always starts it with Hero, right, on the uh, mm-hmm. Atari 2600, yes. if I remember correctly. Um, and that's because that was one of his first, his, basically his introduction to good video games was Hero mm-hmm. on the Atari 2600. I believe that's what he said. He really loved that game. Now I'm, now I'm like, was it actually Hero? Is that actually what it's called? Uh, no, no, it definitely the beginning was. beginning the video, we'll find out. <laughs> oh, look, Fire Emblem. All right, we're talking now. This is great. <laughs> Oh, Kirby Dreamland. I love it. I don't think he did the intro on this video. Now that I just said that? No, he didn't. Whoa. He covered the same thing we did. Switch versus PSP Go. Let's see if he actually does the intro on this one. He definitely does. I saw this. Okay. Yeah, it looks like he does. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, there. Yeah, hero. Yeah, you're right. It did change. Hey, there's the proposal. Remember? Yep. See, every time it Boom. changes. It does. Yeah, I appreciate that. Obviously, he spends a lot of time at doing his edits, or whoever yeah. does the edits is very professional about changing it and making it different every time. But yeah, uh, Metal Jesus is a great channel. If you want to learn a lot about the history of gaming, a lot about uh, various things, he's a good place to go to. Now, mm-hmm. his oldest video. <laughs> Did you watch that after I sent it to you? I didn't. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of... It has nothing to do with his content, but he left it up there, so I appreciate that. I'm excited. So his old... I guess this is maybe not his first video, but it's definitely his oldest video. He actually did um, acting for a video game, by the way. Um, did he you did. know that? He was. I in- think I saw the video on it, yeah. Look at this. It's... Happy birthday, William, from Metal Jesus Rocks. That's his first video. Oh, that's so nice. I didn't know it was my birthday. 
Oh. So like, if you read the description, we couldn't attend William's 12th birthday in Texas, so we wrote and recorded this rocking video for him. It's quite inspirational. I feel so loved. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, I would love it for someone to have actually done this for me. <laughs> and I think that's his wife. I'm not positive, but I think that is. Yeah. I've seen her on there before. I assume it is, yeah. He talks yeah, about his wife a lot, but I don't see her very often. She doesn't come on very often. He can actually play guitar too, by the way. He's got some musical talent. William's a pretty cool guy. Can you imagine being the twelve year old that got this video? Yep. I would be bummed. I would be too. And that's like that's on the channel forever. Like you're like, dude, I was on Metal Jesus' first video. <laughs> Happy birthday, Will. I should have sent this to you on your birthday. I know. What were you doing, man? What, did I th- what was I thinking? We're going to get like copyright struck all, all out of whack today. Hey, you want to do some summary comments? Yeah. So, that was his first video. Just real quick, what his most popular video was. Um, boom. Videos. I think I've already got it up here. It's got over 2 million views. Can you guess what console it was for, Will? PS3. Nope. Vita. <laughs> nope. I'll let, I think you're close. Xbox 360. Oh, man, I should have gone with that one. <laughs> Top 10 Xbox 360 games of all time. Five years oh, ago. I, I have watched that video at least six times. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all of his um, top tens are usually... Oh, look at that. So his newest video in his top videos is the $400 N64 with HDMI. Is it worth mm-hmm. it? I think I watched that one, actually. But yeah, so he's got uh, he's got a lot of videos that have over a million views. I wish mm-hmm. we did. <laughs> wow, and, uh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been around a long time. He's definitely earned his over millions of views on his videos. And uh, yeah. I I have to say, um, I can't tell him what to do to improve because I think he does a great job, um, and I yeah, really have no... a unique style that it is his own. So, yes. I don't he, know. I like it. He hasn't really. I wouldn't say he's changed because the fans he has continue to watch his videos. Yes. So you don't want to change significantly, but you do want to grow your channel over time. So you have to mature the content over time. So like. That happy birthday video obviously is not engaging with his audience, but it's a cool video nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And definitely belongs there historically on his channel. But he definitely puts out content that's more in line with the people that are watching his content. And I appreciate what he puts out. I think going forward, 
his channel will continue the slow rise to a million subscribers. Eventually, he's going to get there. Yep. I think maybe instead of just having Tuesday and Friday videos, he might want to consider doing an everyday video. That's um, a lot of work, dude. It, it is a lot of work, but it's sort of how the YouTube algorithm works now, that you need constant videos to actually uh, continue getting views. Because um, you can see that, you know, his most popular views are not necessarily the most recent ones. Popular views, most popular videos are not the most recent ones, even though the con- the quality and the content are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might help. Maybe. Um, uh, he also puts out videos that are more like what we did with our Halo video. They're they're more slow building videos. It's, it's not true. like it's going to grow immediately overnight. I mean, now that he has the significantly larger audience than we do his videos do gain thousands of views overnight. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to get a million views overnight because they're not the type of videos that gain that overnight. They're the type of videos that grow with time because people go back and they're like, well, what what was the best Xbox 360 game? What was mm-hmm. the best PS2 game? What should I be checking out from the past? You know, yes, And they go true. to his videos and they're a good source of reference for those types of questions. So these videos aren't meant to attract significant viewership overnight they're just meant to grow over time and I think his videos are perfect for that Um, his more Patreon-esque and those types of like kind of ephemeral content that's here today but not necessarily relevant tomorrow Mm -hmm. I mean those videos do well overnight because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's an interesting topic but it's not a long standing topic that will grow over the next three, four, five, six years um, but PS2 games, top 10 PS2 games, that video will always be relevant to people that like the PS2. Mm-hmm. I've watched it, and I don't even, don't even really like the PS2. So. Exactly. So that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like These types of videos where you're ranking games from a system that's been you know out of, out of production for a period of time, mm-hmm. it's not like the, uh, the games that were on that system are going to change. People are not releasing, at least not very many, I, I don't believe PS2 games nowadays, so mm-hmm. that list will always be relevant. So, anyways, that's my take. Uh, you got anything to add to that, Will? No, I agree with it. Um, I hope that he continues to make videos for a long time because I I enjoy watching every video he he puts out. I know he's moving, or at least he was moving last week. So <laughs> I hope that he is settled in. If you watch this, Mel Jesus, I hope you're settled in. And you hit like a new house. And uh, I look forward to more content from you. Excellent. And uh, Metal Jesus, if you do watch this video, please leave a comment. We will pin it to the top of this video for all (laughs) 60 views it's going to get. Yes. We'll pin (laughs) it on top of the one comment that I make on the video. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, With that being said, if you enjoy our content, Please like this video, please share this video on social media, and comment on this video, and remember to subscribe to our channel. We mm-hmm. appreciate the support. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on next Krillcast.
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we're trying and something different this week. Yes. We're asking Chris you guys to. to... Back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> we're asking you guys to please like this video, subscribe to our channel, comment on this video, and share it across social media. We would really appreciate the support. Our yes. goal is to hit 100 subscribers by the end of the year, but only if you actually like our content. Well, what's today? Today is Wow Cow Wednesday. And he always does it right every video. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, what are we covering today? We're talking about the legacy and the unfortunate death of LucasArts Games. Oh, I thought LucasArts still existed. Well, what happened? Doesn't Disney I, own I, it? I uh, don't acknowledge the fact that the license still exists. <laughs> They just don't make games anymore, right? I think they just it's just a name. So LucasArts uh, was originally founded in 1982 by a man named George Lucas. You ever heard of George Lucas, Will? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he renamed the company, or I'm sorry, the company was renamed to LucasArts in 1990 during the restructuring of the Lucas companies. Mm. And then the unfortunate thing happened in 2013 when Disney bought the entire of George Lucas's companies that produced Star Wars and various other things yep. and brought the LucasArts games under their umbrella and immediately killed LucasArts and then mm-hmm. kept them only around to be the uh, like own the rights to all the games that they produce essentially mm-hmm. they're just rights holders so they license out the rights as the LucasArts brand to EA exclusively Yep. So today we're going to talk more about the legacy of LucasArts rather than the horrible after effect of Disney purchasing all of LucasArts and George Lucas's works. Mm-hmm. We'll try so, to stay positive. I can't promise anything. <laughs> uh, LucasArts, in my opinion, was one of the best. Whoops, that's not what I wanted. Uh, one of the best game publishing slash producers slash developers probably ever Mm -hmm. and post EA I would disagree with that entirely Um, so we're just going to go through a list of LucasArts games and talk about some really great ones Mm -hmm. like so this is going to be a quick little shout out to DW Relive his video on DOS games he talked about a fun little game called Maniac Mansion Mm -hmm. not scary but actually a pretty funny and fun-to-play game. So if you're interested in a game like Maniac Mansion or LucasArts in general, go check out DW Relive's video where he covers this game and talks about the gameplay of it. Yes. DW, you better be watching, liking, and commenting on this video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's see if I recognize any. Oh, yeah, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones games were owned by LucasArts because Indiana mm-hmm. Jones was a George Lucas production. See. Secret of Monkey Island, another great yeah. game. Yeah, another classic. Super classic. The original Star Wars video game. I don't think I ever played that one. More Indiana Jones. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, they kind of get stuck in Star Wars. Not necessarily that was a bad thing, but at one point that's basically all they were doing. Now I have this game, Super Star Wars. I physically have that one. Oh, that's cool. I have Super Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. I have that mm-hmm. one as well. 
Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I watched a video where beat-em-ups walked around a convention looking for that game and then refused to pay the full price for it. So eventually, <laughs> he, like, he, like, chewed this guy down to not the price he wanted and walked away, so somebody <laughs> bought it for him. <laughs> Funny. And the card itself in that video was like literally it was it was survived a fire, so it was like a cool looking version of the cartridge. Like it actually okay. had gotten chomped on by a zombie. <laughs> cool. Star Wars chess is a video game? Hmm. Cool. I have the physical Star Wars chess set. Okay. I have two versions of Star Wars Monopoly. Nice. Mm-hmm. Star Wars TIE Fighter. I've heard that's a pretty fun one actually. Uh let's see. I think I have this. Nope, not that one. It's a different one. This one, Shadows of the Empire. I had that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. That game was really difficult to go back to after having a dual stick shooter. Yeah, like a lot of those old games are hard to go back to. Herx Adventures. Okay, we're going to ignore that one. Um <laughs> It's on the Saturn. Whoever bought that system, right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would. I would buy that one, but I'd rather have a Dreamcast. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. That was a fun Ooh, game. That's a great game. That's a fun game. And then the continuation on the GameCube was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's Obviously, talk Pod about... Pod Racer was amazing. Yes. Pod Racer. You can't go through any Star Wars yeah. talking point without it's- us covering... I love Pod Racer. <laughs> it's so good. I wish they would. I wish they would make another. Back when we did the uh, podcast with Eric, I remember saying the line, "It's the best pod racing video game ever made." And Eric's like, "Well, you're not wrong." <laughs> yeah, it's like the only one. But oh my gosh, it's so great. I love this game. It's so. The good. thing is, you can hate pod racing in the movie, but this is a great game. You really, yeah, you really can't dislike this game. It's it's just so good. And I wish they would, I wish they wouldn't even modify it. Just update the graphics to HD, yep. make it work good with a modern controller, and boom, mm-hmm. instant yep. success. I will buy, it, buy it. $60 for a PS4 or Xbox, any of those, any of the yeah, brand okay. new consoles, I would totally buy it for. Don't re-release Racer's Revenge. <laughs> yeah, keep <laughs> that one on the shelf. Yeah, we don't have I'm still mad about that. Just re-release this one with HD assets, and I will buy it immediately. And Will yeah, and I will game, stream another Star Wars game that came out during the LucasArts era that needs to be updated with HD graphics and maybe some modern systems. Kotar. Kotar? You mean Kotor? Whatever. <laughs> it's weird. I never say the abbreviation anyway. I just wanted to shorten it. Yeah. So, yes, I think that this would be a perfect candidate for an HD remaster. Oh yeah, no, it totally would. Um, in fact, what they should do is re-release one and two on a single disc with HD assets, and then release Kotor three finally and make the yes. make the entire series canon. Please, mm-hmm. Disney, don't ruin this series. And have Obsidian do it. <laughs> yes, yes, and then it'll be a Microsoft exclusive. Wait, okay. No! The thing is, I, I'm okay with it being a Microsoft exclusive just because I have that, but. I would, I would be. I would rather it be all platforms. I just don't want EA making it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they got Bioware, and Bioware owned, like, essentially produced the first one. Yeah, but the second one was Obsidian, so. But they were able to use the Bioware engine to build the second one. You know what? They can use the Outer Worlds engine that they have now. <laughs> that is true. Actually, you know what? That'd be a perfect uh, way to introduce Kotor Three. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to change one and two. I just want them to upgrade them. Yeah, I just want better graphics, that's all. I don't, yeah. I don't need it. Just get the company that did the Crash Bandicoot trilogy re-release mm-hmm. and the Spyro re-release and have them do it. Yeah. I think it's like something entertainment. It starts with a V. I don't know. Vivendi? Um, Vivendi, that's right. I think they did it. Oh, look. A game near and dear to me, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. That's actually really fun. Uh, let's see. Star Wars Racers Revenge. Yeah. Not as good oh. as the original. The uh, Jedi THU Academy Nordic? games are good. THU I like Nordic Obi-Wan. did that? I had no idea. Jedi Outcast. That's good. I don't remember oh, if this was Oh, I have Jedi uh, Starfighter. Is that I any good? It's okay. It's okay? Okay. It's not as good as uh, Rogue Squadron, in my opinion. Night Solar Republic. That is like a game begging for a re-release, like you said. Yes. The Rogue Squadron games, number three. I had these on my GameCube. I have no idea why they don't exist in my collection right now, but I need to get them again. Oh, you don't have those? No, for some reason I don't. Interesting. <laughs> I told you that. <laughs> Mayhaps you will have one soon. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars Battlefront games, um, those are good. The originals, not the, not the new ones. Republic Commando, I've heard good things about that one. It is fun, yes. Again, that's another one that should be remastered because the graphics... Are kind of muddy now, yeah. But the gameplay is solid. Lego Star Wars. I love all the Lego Star Wars games. They're good. I have them. I have not played them. <laughs> Empire at War. Why do I know this one? Oh, real time. Oh, it's a real time strategy game. Yeah. Why do I not know this one? Is this essentially Rogue Squadron in the video game? I'm not sure. Hmm. I might have to pick that up. Uh, let's see. Empire War. Is this the same? Yeah, to sum yeah. up, a lot of good games. Some of them we don't know about, but I'm sure they're at least somewhat quality. And then as soon as they get bought up, that quality just goes down the tubes. Thrillville. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a roller coaster tycoon. Spin- yeah. uh, uh, money grab. <laughs> Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Is this the one where they have Oh, yeah, this is good. I, I enjoyed both The Force Unleashed and the second one. Did you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. They had, like, various, like, good franchises in between doing all their other stuff. And then... I will say Force Unleashed on the Wii is actually kind of fun because you can use the Wiimote to chop things. <laughs> Don't ever... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't plug the Wiimote. Don't allow them to have that satisfaction. <laughs> so the last game produced by LucasArts was Star Wars Tiny Death Star. What? what I don't this? have any idea what that is. <laughs> no <laughs> wonder they got bought up. Star Wars Tiny Death Star. It was based on Nimbus Tiny Tower. And said, what is this? But they did partnerships with Angry Birds to do the Angry Birds mm-hmm. Star Wars games. Yeah, I, remember I that. still haven't played those. So technically the last game that I would actually consider a game was Connect Star Wars. And I heard that was terrible. And the Old Republic prior to that. Which they teamed up with Bioware on, so... Yeah, I've heard that's very good. Good, but not great. I've heard it's very good. I don't know where that how close that is to great. But <laughs> <laughs> you think the Old Republic's good? Uh, it's an, it's an MMO. It, and that's what I'm saying. I, can't, I don't have personal experience with it because MMOs are not my bag. But 
I've heard it's very good for people who like it's that. It's like if you tried to mix WoW and Star Wars together and then also put some Bioware flavor to it. So there's like I some understand kind of the storyline. concept. <laughs> I'm aware of the concept. Yeah. Either way. I like the uh, cutscenes that they have in the trailers. Oh, the, the trailers look amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not it's not as good as the trailers from what I understand. The saddest fate, though, of any game that they were developing Star Wars 1313. Yep. So, that's very sad to me. <laughs> and actually, a gritty, more of a you know grounded tale in the Star Wars universe sounded really cool. Um, and unfortunately, I guess it just when EA looked at it, they didn't think it was going to have mass market appeal, and they cut it quickly. I think looking and backwards, they, though, they they would have kept it now that they've made the. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they wanted to pump out Battlefront without a single player. With well, and the company they killed off to get rid of 1313 was the producer of Dead Space. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, lots and lots and lots of good games. We didn't cover every single LucasArts games ever, nope. but uh, basically the history of LucasArts as a development-slash-publishing company is great um, pre-EA post-EA mm-hmm. my recommendation is make actual games that don't require pay to win yep. solutions alright Carl said it the best Okay, if there is a pay to win element in your game due to an obstacle that means the developer purposefully put an obstacle in the game that would make you want to buy a solution around it mm-hmm. we've created the problem and the solution that's ridiculous. I mean, when you think about it from that that standpoint, I will never buy anything microtransaction-y to get ahead in a game ever again. Mm-hmm. Ever. <laughs> no, I just want to buy a game and have a good game. Like, why can't I have that? Right. <laughs> just out, give it to me, to the, eh? Shout out to Carl Lucas. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the better Lucas. Hmm. Better than George Lucas. <laughs> No, I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, might be going a little too far there. <laughs> the, the, um, the next controversial statement in our About yeah. Me section on our YouTube channel say, mm-hmm. Carl Lucas is greater than <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> oh. So since we're trying this new thing out, Will, we're going to end our video the same way we uh, started. Actually, one, one more oh, comment. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to plug that the new Star Wars uh, Fallen Jedi um, or what? No, 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 no. Not Fallen Jedi. Fallen Order. There Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I had it almost correct. I had the right... Com- just not the right combination. Okay. So I've heard that that game is actually pretty decent. There aren't any microtransactions in it yet. Uh, so it, it might actually be a decent Star Wars game that EA has produced. So just putting that out there. <laughs> Might want to wait a couple months to see if they somehow manage to put tra- microtransactions in it. Um... But yeah, might be worth picking up. I'm monitoring very closely that game and Need for Speed Heat. Mm-hmm. With that being said, if you like our content, the content we're producing currently, um, if you like Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer as much as we do, please remember to like this video, leave us a comment down below, share it on mm-hmm. social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We appreciate all of you. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you next girl cast.
tranquilo. Chills. This is the Krillcast. He's Chris, and I'm Will. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. And this is Throwback Thursdays. <laughs> this is Throwback Thursday. Oh, nice, nice. That's a different and today, one. And uh, today we're talking about the 15th anniversary of one of my personal favorite games, Halo 2. Not Star Wars. To... I'm gonna have to watch this video and see if I have to cut that beginning part out. No, it's staying now. Uh, yeah. So, oh, you know what? You want to start off first, Chris? I want to talk about how finishing this fight just makes me mad. So you should probably start <laughs> this video instead of me. All right. Regret. 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 <laughs> so this is I don't know. This game came out 15 years ago, and it just it revolutionized quite a few things. One. It revolutionized online multiplayer. So uh, there were games that you could play online before. There were some systems that actually like had a dedicated service. But Xbox Live and Halo 2 in particular really changed the face of that uh, with the concept of having like a couch co-op but over live. Um, so if you actually watch the developer commentaries on this, it's actually quite fascinating how they designed the entire ecosystem around this game. Um, and then really created Xbox Live pretty much for this. And then the other games, you know, COD and basically anything else you play on Live today can, you know, owes their thanks to that system, to (laughs) Halo 2. Um, And, you know, the campaign I also really enjoyed. You know, they revolutionized, or I guess not revolutionized, but they changed the formula quite a bit from the first game. So you have dual wielding, you can board vehicles, and kick things out, which is it was amazing when they first revealed that it was incredible. Um, and there is some controversy with the campaign. Uh, <laughs> I know Chris probably has a little, a little bit of, uh, to say about that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to start off prefaces immediately with I really liked the Halo Two campaign. I just did not like the way it ended. Mm-hmm. That was my frustration with the Halo Two campaign. I felt like I was ready to go take down the Covenant. And they said, they asked him, like, Chief, what are you doing? Finishing this fight. And then it just ends. And I'm like... Yeah. I remember when I got to that, I was like, what? What just happened? Did it just end? Is that, <laughs> that was is so that abrupt. <laughs> That's it? That, that, finishing this fight and there's no end? Like, I, as soon as I played that, this was, this was my first experience with Halo. All right? I almost didn't buy Halo 1 after that because I was like, well, it's going to end in a cliffhanger that starts with Halo 2, just like Halo. But no, Halo 1 is great. I, I yes. love Halo 1. That is my, That might be my favorite um, next to Halo 3. <laughs> if you go watch our Halo ranking video, mm-hmm. we get into that quite a bit. But yes. uh, 
Halo 2 is not a bad game. It's no slouch. It's a good game. Um, and it's really what got a lot more people into Halo and, as Will said, Xbox Live in general. Yes. Um, it revolutionized online multiplayer shooting games. Because before this, what did you have? I mean, you know, land faking a LAN connection over the internet was like the next best thing when this came out. Which I know some people did with Halo 1. They faked a LAN connection with Halo 1 over online to play with each other. So I know people that have done that, actually. <laughs> yep. And we're watching the anniversary cutscenes right now. And, you know, that came out with a Master Chief collection on its 10th anniversary. And even though there's tons of problems with Master Chief collection, in, in my honest opinion... It was worth buying it specifically for Halo 2 anniversary because these and like the graphics and the cutscenes look fantastic. I think they look leaps and bounds better than Halo 5. I would agree. I don't know what happened, but this game looks better. <laughs> it, it really does, and you, I think it just comes with the refinement you have, where you're not having to remake all the base models. You're just mm-hmm. making the textures so rich that it looks like real life. Well, the blur animations, I think they recreated completely. But yeah. the the animation, like the actual gameplay, yeah, they just up-resed it. And it also looks so good. <laughs> well, you, are, you already know the scene, right? So you can just make it perfect. Mm-hmm. The only thing they've done different is they added that intro scene. And they added, I think, an outro scene, too. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And only... they, yeah, they also updated like a, a trailer that they had, too, which is cool. Oh, okay, okay. But in general, going from Halo 2 on the Xbox to this was, I mean, it was like a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And seeing the Chief in all his glory. <laughs> he looks so good there. He does. Yeah. And Sergeant Johnson is back, so mm-hmm. who, who can dislike Sergeant Johnson? Yep. They should just take the actual Halo... Uh, games and make those a TV show. I know of what they should just doing. do this, like this exact animation, and I would watch this. And stop retconning the characters. Okay, we don't need to get into. I'm just saying. That's show. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I do don't need to change every origin story for every character. All right. Mm-hmm. It's been tried every single time with every single game, uh, series, program, video, movie. It never works. Your fans <laughs> like what they like, which is why Halo Two Anniversary. Is amazing, mm-hmm. even though it's not my favorite. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, I, I cannot hate on what they did with anniversary. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Three forty three did not taint anything with Halo Two by releasing this game the way they did. No. Um, and a lot of times when you see these remakes, at least prior to this remake, um, people would try to change something in the remake, and I'd be like. What? Why? Why? No, but this is like tried. Like this is exactly what I would expect in a remake of a legendary game like Halo Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I appreciate appreciated about this one more than the Halo C anniversary. So I re- I did really like that the update to that game. Um, I was a little sad they didn't bring like actual Halo C um, gameplay or a multiplayer gameplay. It was just like a reach with updated maps. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the updated graphics change the tone of the level. So if you go back to uh, 343 Guilty Spark, in the original game, you're like in a swamp, and it's spooky, 
and you can't see very well. But with the updated graphics, it's much brighter. There's lots of glowy bits, and the things aren't hidden very well. So like, there's no fog anymore. You're almost like in a rainforest type setting. Um, so they they change the feel of that level. Whereas in Halo 2, the the anniversary uh, updates, it really do, doesn't change anything. It just looks better. <laughs> they were much more faithful to the original environment. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I thought the that. character models are perfect. I think the people who they chose to be the facial animation for everything and the, the, the character models themselves, perfect. And the fact that the Arbiter looks so much better. Oh my yep. gosh. I can also I can also tell what the grave mind is. It's not just a big flappy flower anymore. So oh man, the grave mind scene is great. Oh, I love I love the way they did it. Great. I wonder if there's a timestamp on here. Somebody's got to have a timestamp video. A timestamp mm-hmm. thing on here because grave mind. It's got the broken bones and it looks like it's got skulls or teeth. Oh, it's so good. It's exactly what the grave mind should oh, look my like. Gosh. Oh yeah, it's disgusting and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And this scene, in my opinion, is like one of the most iconic scenes. It's like, hey, we all hate the activation of the Halo ring. Let's work together and take it down. Yep. It's like the ultimate culmination of three factions who generally do not like each other, have no reason to work together, but have a single unified mission in this particular case. Yep. I will say there's no buildup for this moment, so it was very jarring. But- it was, it was. The concept is great. <laughs> it is. Yeah, in theory, they could have done this scene better, mm-hmm. but I thought that I thought it was really good the way they did it because it introduced yeah. it introduced the fact that the flood is not a mindless zombie mm-hmm. horde. Exactly, it's, it's got a unified leader slash. Yep. Um, it's almost like a hive mind. It is a hive mind. So the thing is, yeah. I was actually very confused the first time that I saw this because. Again, when you look at the original graphics, it's a big flappy flower. I was so confused. I was like, what the heck is this thing talking to us? And like, we just get teleported because it never actually says what it is. It never says I'm the grave mind or I control the flood in that scene. So you don't really know what it is until the third game. <laughs> I actually and didn't mind that, though. I, when I first played it, I was very confused because, again, I, I figured it out after like you know reading up on it. And like I knew what what was going on, but at first I didn't know. Yeah, I, I um I guess because of my lack of um, playing Halo One first before Halo Two, and then playing mm-hmm. Halo Three after playing Halo One, I, I really went back and played Halo Two after. <laughs> I guess I did. I did two, one, three, two, one. That's, that's how I, that's how I played the first three the first two times I played them um and just based on that, I ended up loving that scene because it made so much sense in my head why they did it that way because the first time I played it it was like it was a nothing scene to me it's like this doesn't whatever dude let's get back mm-hmm. to shooting um but then playing it again after three, that scene was like yeah. in my opinion so great and yeah, so many reasons when you take the, the games all together. Like, and I, again, like the first time I saw it, though, I, was like, I had no idea what was going on because in the first game, there's really no lore built up around the flood other than it's like this all consuming parasite. So, again, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just to discuss the impact of Halo 2, Halo 2 sold the Xbox, and not the other way around. 
Um, and so did Halo 1, but more so Halo 2. Uh, mostly because of the capability it brought to the Xbox and what the Xbox did as a platform post-Halo 2 launch. And it certainly it's probably, sold Xbox Live. It's probably one of the most hyped games for Xbox Live in that era mm-hmm. of, of all the games. Um, so let's just talk about what's on everybody's minds right now. What does Halo Infinite have to do to live up to the high marks set by the Bungie-era games? Just give me... Um, Something it needs to do and something it shouldn't do. Just one thing? I only get one thing? Yeah. We're, we're not oh going to have a 20-minute video. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm not prepared for this. I have a lot, lot more to say. One thing it should do. Um, don't try to be another game. Be Halo. I think that sums that up. Everything I was going to say. Be <laughs> a Halo game. Um, and what it shouldn't do... It is really don't reinvent the wheel. You have a good formula. Just you can have you can iterate instead of like change it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, it, my advice is basically the same. What it should do, be a Halo game. What it shouldn't do, don't be a Halo game. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, what I think they need to do to really capture Halo is they need to have a linear story that's complete okay you can't have this oh well you had to read these books for this exposition yeah you had to have these comics to understand what happened you have to understand this backlining story half the stories mm-hmm. in the terminals no no okay no none of that garbage okay what you have to do is have a complete story from start to finish that's understandable maybe give us some extra context if you beat it on legendary like they used to or give us the easter eggs they were so much fun just having that comical mm-hmm. easter egg with sergeant johnson hugging an elite Yes, like stupid things like that, and that this is stuff we appreciate. Okay, what you shouldn't do is exactly what I just talked about. Don't kill off the didact in a comic strip. Okay, don't give us six pages of exposition in one moment in a game that nobody understands the backstory of. All mm-hmm. right, give us a gripping story from start to finish. That's Master Chief. I mean, don't flesh out the Master Chief. He's not a flesh out character. Right, he's meant to be every man's hero. All right, yeah. not meant to be this love triangle with Cortana. Um, no offense, nerd talk. I do appreciate that storyline, but yeah. but at the same time, it didn't need to be there for the Halo game to be great. Mm-hmm. All right, give us. I think supposed, she's supposed to be sympathetic because, like, as a as a player, you're supposed to care for her. Yeah, no, I, it's, I agree. It's weird that they are like hinting that they actually love each other and that they want to get jiggy with it like they did in the fourth game that was really strange (laughs) well when you think about it who's been at master chief's side this whole time like i can't argue with the fact that the kind the um in concept that relationship is kind of there but overall uh it just doesn't need to be fleshed out that far it's obvious that she's the companion he's had the whole time through and that's that's true and it's obvious that he would feel a closeness to her, and he's always had her there. So yep. losing her would be it'd be a psychologically, almost like a breakdown for most people. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. That exposition is there. But then this <laughs> AI taking over the galaxy thing at the end of Halo 5, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, every story has done that. It's such a sci-fi trope. It's very disappointing. So... It almost seems that they're going to have a major time jump in the next game, 
they might just completely ignore that storyline. Maybe that's like the first mission or something mm-hmm. that fixes that, and then it completely changes gears. I don't know. The thing is, like we said, like don't kill the didact, didact off in a comic book strip. But I would be nece- I might be okay with them completely shifting gears in one mission and then going off in another direction. I don't know how they're going to make a compelling story with that. Or they could just have her um, her program restored. Yeah. <laughs> just something simple like that. Like We tracked mm-hmm. her down, we erased her from the thing, and we restored her to her original state. Yep. Boom. Storyline done. Alright, let's get on. Let's get on with it. Halo <laughs> Infinite time. Yep. Um, <laughs> I just don't want it to be a long-term MMO massive world with a bajillion Master Chiefs walking around like, hey, what's going on, Master Chief? What's going on, Master (laughs) Chief? I think an open world could work. I'm just hesitant about it because I... I, No offense to 3-4-3, but the track record isn't great. So I'm hesitant because going from a linear story to an open world story, that's a big, big change. And that's not what we want to see. Again, I'm not going to say never because I, I I, I think it could work. But I'm very, I'm very nervous about it. Yeah. Uh, you got anything, any extra things to throw on there? Um, do you think that Halo Infinite will sell well based on Halo Four and Five? I not based on those games. So I think that Three for Three is doing a lot right. I think they're getting, they've really fixed the MCC. They put a lot of effort into that, and it's it's much better, and it looks great. I'm excited for Halo Reach coming for to PC and to yeah. the MCC. Uh, Halo Wars 2 was much better, so the the lore was okay, the, but the art style and the way that it uh, looked was great. Um, and then, you know, what I've seen so far with Halo Infinite, you know, the art style seems to be actually looking Halo again. They are definitely having a lot of callbacks to the original Halo music, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm very cautiously hopeful for that game. And it's launching with the new Xbox, which hasn't happened since Halo 1. So I think that they have everything is set up for them to do really well. You know, the balls in their court. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. The music in the Halo series is great. Um, if if Halo Infinite can live up to Halo Two, then we got a solid game on our hands. Yes. Let's celebrate Halo Two fifteen years later mm-hmm. on the Krillcast. Watch us every day, all day. <laughs> do it. Yes. <laughs> Please like, comment, and share this video if you enjoyed it. Um, and please subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate every subscriber as we march towards 100 subscribers for by the end of the year. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on the next Krillcast. Bye. This is The Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm Will. And this week, what are we doing, Will? We're going to do Fandom Fridays. No, 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 no. We're going to tell our viewers to like, comment, 
and subscribe to the podcast. You're going to say that. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) What is today? Fandom Fridays. What are we doing on Fandom Fridays? Well, we usually talk about our latest pickups and some recommendations. And currently playing sometimes. Oh, I have a couple of pickups that I forgot. I'm going to cut this part out real quick. Because I, I told you what these were, remember? One second. Mm-hmm. Now Chris is leaving. Mm-hmm. Chris occasionally likes to pick his nose on this podcast, and he cuts it out. Do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. So this Did you talk about me while I was gone? Absolutely not. You might have to cut <laughs> that out. You're such a liar. <laughs> So, this week, I picked up something that is very foreign to me. Oh. Uh, yes. So, I got a PlayStation 3. Well, what website were you on? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. You got a PS3. Mm-hmm. And an off-brand P3 controller for the PS3. It, uh, it wasn't the PlayStation Fat, so it doesn't play the PS2 games. But it is the PlayStation it's, Fat. It's just not the OG. Oh, but it doesn't play the... PS2 games is what I'm talking about. There's like three iterations of the PS3 Fat. Um, there's the original that's got hardware backwards compatibility. That's the one I have. There's the second iteration that has um, half hardware, half software uh, emulation for PS2 games. And then there's the third iteration, which is the one you have, that has no capability of playing PS2 physical discs. Good. Glad. <laughs> and that I one, still play the PS1. It can play the digital versions of the PS2 games if they're downloaded from PSN. So, I have four pickups that I need to talk Ooh. about. Well, Tell me. three. Three pickups and what I'm currently reading. Mm. All right, so I picked this up, and Will knows why I picked this up. <laughs> yep. All right, so Madden 08 for the GameCube. Shout out to Scott the Waz. And Chris, unfortunately, got a terminal illness this week, so... <laughs> We'll hear about that later in the video. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, I picked up this at the same place that I picked up Will's PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, Attack and the Power of Juju for the GameCube. And then this, I didn't even know this was a thing. But these were like a buck a piece, so I picked mm. them up. You're going to have to let me know how they are. Yeah, I mean, they were, well, there's lots of stickers on them when I got them, but they're complete in box and they were a dollar a piece. So I was like, eh, whatever. Might as well. So, I am currently reading, and I'm currently about yeah, maybe halfway through this book for the Forever Night by John Marco. It's great. <laughs> like he he tweeted at me and said, "I hope you enjoy this book. I really enjoyed writing it." Well, dude, I am really enjoying reading this book. It's really it's really good. Um, it's only like 280 pages and. I'm like 140 into it. I can't put it down. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading it too. Yeah. Uh, you've only got the first two, the um, yes. Eyes of God and the Devil's Armor. So I hope you like those because I really enjoy John Marco and his writing style. All right. On to the subject of today's Phantom Friday. We're going to each recommend a LucasArts game. I'm going to let Will do the first one though. Yeah, so obviously it's on the screen already. Recom- recommending Star Wars Pod Racer because it's the greatest game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's it's one of the best. 
I don't know, is nostalgia, but I love this game when it first came out, and I still like it. So. And this is actually a fan-made HD remake, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I saw this. It's so good. This is not the original version. The gameplay on this is significantly more beautiful looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it looks a lot better here, but this is what they should make right now, and I, I will buy it right now. <laughs> it's got super tight racing mechanics. It's got a system that works. It feels as fast as, as it says it's going, mm-hmm. and even though this is a remake, the original still looks good. It doesn't look bad. It's got a lot, of, a lot of polygons going on, but it looks good. It really does. I agree with Will. Pod Racer. Yeah. And there are secret paths to find, and so it's kind of fun going back to the tracks and trying to find them, and you know, beating your times, and also going back with different racers, so it was great. The most epic moment on that game was, it's a new lap record. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or, uh, I kind of think it'd be around the aliens talking in whatever language it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd love to see what Google Translate, or Google uh, Captioning puts for it. Just, <laughs> it'll probably just say inaudible or something like that. Yes. <laughs> All right, what's your second one, Will? Uh, so the second game is Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Oh, really? Um, I re- yeah. What do you think I was going to say? KOTOR. <laughs> oh, I've already recommended that game. Yeah. <laughs> so have I. So I really do like this game. It's very actiony. Uh, so if you, you want to feel like you're a Jedi and you're you're pretty BA, uh, this is the game for you. Also, it starts off and you get to play as Darth Vader, and that's also a very fun sequence. So, that looks awesome. Yeah, it is really fun. The graphics are dated now, and the, the controls are pretty dated now. So if you play it for too long, you can get a headache, especially on the Wii version. Um, but it's still a lot of fun, and um, you just feel powerful. So you feel like you, you actually have the force power, so it's pretty cool. Hmm. And the, the thing is, Darth Vader is very... like the, the powers that he has make sense for him, so he, he feels very heavy when he's walking around, whereas the main protagonist uh, is much more acrobatic. But it makes sense for Darth Vader, because he doesn't do a bunch of flips and stuff in the movies. He's just, you know, B.A. and walks around like a giant dude. Um, and the other guy is a new character, but it's pretty cool. I'm going to recommend a game that I have talked about on this podcast before, but I didn't really go into details on it. Um, I'm going to pull it out of my uh, chest of board uh, board games. Computer games. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Will is going to figure out what this is right off the oh, bat. Yep. Mm-hmm. This game. <laughs> this game is a fantastic... I mean, really, it's like the Halo Wars of the Star Wars series. Um, it, it really deserves to be remade in HD just like the Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition um, and make it fa- a little faster because it's kind of a slow engine being that it was the original Age of Empires 2 engine given all the upgrades we've had to RTSs over the years this could really be Star Wars Galactic Battleground Saga is what I'm talking about mm-hmm. an absolutely phenomenal game and I'm going to show you some gameplay because I don't think I did that before have I ever showed gameplay of this on our podcast? no I don't think so Alright, well, so it, it plays a lot like a Age of Empires 2 game. You have the different factions of Star Wars. So you've got, I think it even has the Gungans. <laughs> they can remove the Gungans. I don't think anybody's going to care. <laughs> but they've got the uh, Trade Federation. They've got the um, the Republic. They've got the Rebels. They've got... Um, the Empire, the hopefully. Empire. Yes, the Empire. And you could even, as much as I hate to say it, expand to add some seven, eight, nine factions. But 
Ooh, look, people are reviewing it. Should you play it in 2019? Yes, I'm saying yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Always yes. But this is what it looks like. It's a lot like Age of Empires. You've got visibility. Yeah. You've got units. If you type in That's No Moon, you get a working Death Star. <laughs> it's a cheat code. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody I told you. I think I've still got the cheat codes in here written down somewhere. Oh, maybe not. Nope, I take that back. Yeah, I know I had to memorize at one point. I, cause I Can used, you run this game on modern hardware? Yeah, I think I could run it. Are you going to make me try and run this on my PC right nope. now? On the Don't do it. Don't do it right now. I don't need to be crashed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I've played it recently. Um, Age of Empires 2 still plays. I don't know if this is available on Steam, but it's not expensive to go out and buy it in the mm-hmm. two the two disc variant like I have it. Um, yeah, uh, Microsoft slash LucasArts slash Disney slash EA, get your heads together, figure out how to remake this game. I'm sure mm-hmm. it could be great. Yes, it's it's a lot of fun. Coming from a guy that loves Age of Empires, Star Wars as an RTS makes so much sense. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, I definitely recommend if you like Halo Wars, well, go pick this game up. It's like five. I'm thinking about it actually. Yeah, now that I have access to so many retro games, kind of now I'm getting, like kind of itching feeling to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. I, I played through the entire campaign, and it was fun. I uh, didn't feel broken in any way, shape, or form. The Ensemble Studios helped them with this because mm. you look right here. It says powered by the Age of Kings engine. Okay. Which, as you all know, is an accurate description of Will's life. As he said on the Age of Empires episode, this is just talking about my life, Age of Kings. (laughs) Yes. But it's really a great game, and here, just for fun, let's read what it says. The destiny of the galaxy hangs in the balance. You must lead the great armies of Star Wars Saga in intense real-time strategy dashes, dashes, clashes across land, sea, and air. Execute single or multiplayer battles. There's no multiplayer. <laughs> As you deploy your armies and manage your resources. Yeah, the multiplayer is completely dead. You'd have to find somebody online who's willing to set up some kind of a server to play with you. So, good luck. But it's still fun. It's still a lot of fun. Um, this is a great game. Definitely deserves a remake. Definitely deserves your attention. Go play it. Anything else you want to recommend, Will? Uh... There are a lot of uh, good games of the LucasArts era prior to EA. Most of them you'll pick up and you'll enjoy them. So yep. go out and buy those games. Go down the list of games we mentioned on Wildcard Wednesday. Boom. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this will be the shortest video of the week. <laughs> um, as we've said every day this week, please remember to like this video. Please share this video on social media. Leave us a comment in the comment section if you enjoy our content. And overall, please subscribe to our podcast as we march towards 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Yes. And please don't be a dead sub. If you subscribe, subscribe because you like it. Yes. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on the next Curlcast. Curlcast.